welcome into A to Z Sports Primetime on a Wednesday night. I'm Buck Rising if you're new to the show, and I'm proud as always to be presented to you by the fine folks at Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford since 1983, award-winning customer service and quality American-made Ford vehicles. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at Two Rivers Ford. Com. The Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage. GaryAshton.com is where you go for your dream address without the stress. The Ashton team will put you in position to succeed at GaryAshton.com. Buddy Allen Carpet One, the best in the flooring business. 55 years here in Middle Tennessee. Buddy Allen Carpet One, full service flooring for your needs. Buddy Allen Carpet One. Dot com. So let's talk about rookie minicamp because there's a handful of things that I am uh, that I am excited to get into quickly. Though uh, let's uh, just looking at some of the comments. You guys are active early and often. By the way, if you're on YouTube, like the video if uh, you would be so kind. That helps us grow the show. Um, Derek asks me, "Have you spent any time with the rookies? With any of the rookies yet, Buck?" You know, this is going to be my first opportunity to do so. I had uh, I had Chigakonkwo on the radio show. Um, it was just a phone interview, but that was, I want to say, last Thursday, a week ago from tomorrow. I'm pretty sure I had, uh, I think that's when Chig was on, and I enjoyed my conversation with him. Other than that, you know, we've had Zoom calls with them uh, right after they got drafted, but we haven't had any extended time to work with them and to spend time with them. And that'll happen on Friday and Saturday. This is phase two of the NFL offseason. And in fact, it's Mike Vrabel's favorite phase of the offseason because of how much teaching it allows him to do. Uh, that'll be a we'll pull that clip for you on a, a different night because I'm sure we'll talk about rookie minicamp tomorrow evening as well. But it's good. It's a good explanation that you'll enjoy hearing uh, from Mike Vrabel about why he values this time of year. So, so much. But in the meantime, we are going to have all nine of these rookies and a whole bunch of undrafted free agents out on the field. And we'll get the opportunity to watch them work, to see how the coaches are uh, teaching them in the early stages, in the early goings. And then, you know, to speak with them after their first couple of days of work. We'll speak with them after practice. Uh, it's going to be from 1230 to 2 on Friday and Saturday. And I'm looking forward to uh, to getting to know these guys because this this has been the difficult part of, uh, you know, just from a selfish standpoint, it's been the, the the difficult part of my job during the last two seasons because the access has been so restricted uh, for obvious reasons due to COVID protocol. And of, of course, I'm respectful of that. But, you know, it really has prevented us from getting to know the last two rookie classes in ways that we have relationships with a lot of the guys that came before them, free agents as well. It's been difficult to get to know them because we don't get the opportunity to be around them the way that we used to. So this will be the first phase of that. And I'm looking forward to getting to know this rookie class. Uh, Penny MSML on YouTube says, Buck, I'm trying to hire you to speak at my wedding, um, to, to officiate the wedding or to speak at the wedding, because I don't, I I'm obviously not ordained in any way, shape or form. Um, so I don't think I have the religious qualifications, depending on your uh, particular religious sect. But if you want to, you know, if you're if your best man stinks at giving speeches and you need somebody to knock it out of the park, I'll be honest with you. I'm damn good at things like that. So just hit me up, Penny. You can slide in my Instagram DMs if you want, and uh, we can uh, we can negotiate. You, will, I'll, I'll put it in front of my agent, and he'll tell you what my talent fee is. <laughs> but let's talk about these rookies because 
there's one thing that I think is going to, uh, I think is going to dominate all of this stuff. The, the whole, uh, the whole process of rookie minicamp is going to be overshadowed by Malik Willis. And I think that's clear and obvious to everybody, but I want to start with your two rivers for take, because maybe you have a different perspective on this and I would be happy to hear it. Let me know in the comments on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, uh, which Titans draft pick are you most interested in heading in to rookie minicamp? It's your two rivers Ford take. We do it each and every evening presented by our friends at two rivers Ford. Not only can you build your own vehicle, build your next vehicle at two rivers Ford with the built for you program, but you can also get any number of their certified pre-owned vehicles. One of the state's largest selections at Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet and the opportunity to work with their non-commissioned sales staff, which is the thing that sets them apart. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So which rookie are you most excited or are you most interested in come rookie minicamp this weekend? For Trevor Kinslow, it's the first round pick, Traylon Burks. Mark Jones and Penny do agree. Uh, 100% Malik Willis for EA and Ronnie Sneed. Chris Frazier does agree as well, because if uh, he's the future, if he ain't good, we are in trouble. We'll see. And I think that's, I think that's an unfair statement, Chris. I honestly do, because he may not be good right out the gate. And that has no bearing on what he's going to be in the future. I don't expect him to be very good right out the gate. There's a reason that he fell to the third round the way that he did. Got a lot of he's got a lot of stuff to learn. He's got a lot of growing pains that are going to be involved. And if he if he comes out there in the in the early goings of things like rookie minicamp and you know OTAs and training camp and he looks like shit, I'm not going to be I'm not going to be you know I'm not going to be hypercritical of him. I just think it's fair to point out that there's an obvious reason why the league said, yeah, you know, you think you think that the Panthers should take him at six. No, we're gonna we're gonna t- show you the league thinks he's the 86th pick as opposed to the sixth pick in the NFL draft this year. So I think, I think it's unfair to look at whatever Malik Willis does basically for this entire season and say, yeah, if he stinks, then it's you're, you're screwed for the future. I don't think that's true, but uh, there's a lot of interesting rookies to look at at this point for Kenneth crawl. Uh, he says Traylon Burks, his immediate impact is tied to our super bowl chances. I don't think that's necessarily true. I think it would help, but I don't think he's the deciding factor as to whether you're winning a Super Bowl or not. I would say that's entirely more on the quarterback and, frankly, the pass protection in front of him. Craig Baxter says Kyle Phillips, the wide receiver from UCLA. That Cali dude won, says the whole class honestly, but Malik is obviously the de- the leader of the develop tree for me. This is true, and it will be – he's going to dominate rookie minicamp. Fairly or unfairly, Malik Willis is going to be the story to come out of this weekend. Not Traylon Burks, not Roger McCreary. Um, you know, if Traylon Burks does something spectacular, then we'll probably end up talking about it. But the thing that you guys are most going to want to hear about is Malik Willis. He's a quarterback and he's a bright and shiny new piece at a position that everybody values. Imagine it'll be difficult to be patient. Uh, patient in what regard? In terms of maybe getting a chance to be on the field again. Oh, I mean, understanding that it, it comes with it. I mean, Ryan Tannehill is a great player, and he's a great leader for this organization. So uh, I just want to come in and, you know, just do all I can in order to get better at my craft. And whenever that time comes for me to get on the field, then that time will come. But until then, I'm just going to try to learn and be the best teammate I can be. 
And that's what he's, that's exactly what he's tasked with being, right? Malik Willis has to learn how to play professional quarterback at the NFL level. I think that for Malik Willis, there's a lot of fundamental things that he's, he's never been asked to do. It's not his fault. It's just a part of where he was coming from to where the level that he will be expected to perform at now. And the beauty of what Malik Willis's situation is, is he, he won't have to, he won't have to start right away. In fact, it's beneficial for Malik Willis, if Ryan Tannehill plays well this year and allows him additional time to develop before you throw him into the fire right out the gate. Even the most talented of quarterback prospects, rookie quarterback prospects, can flounder in circumstances like that. Trevor Lawrence with the Jags is a great example. This is why geography matters so much for wherever these guys land. If they go to a bad spot and they're put into difficult situations, it's entirely likely that their progress, their development will be hindered and that they'll never be as good as they potentially could have been based on their talent. Um, that's uh, for a third round pick. I don't believe that means the Titans are all in on Malik as the future of the franchise. They'll have to see something special in him that they really like this year. You know, I, I think that he, uh, I think that he can, I, I would largely agree with that assessment MB because yeah, a third round pick is not, you know, it does not guarantee that, Malik Willis is the starting quarterback of the future by no stretch of the imagination. But what it does represent is this tremendous value with a player that you know has high athletic upside and great traits and fits into what you want to do if he can be coached properly to do the things that you need from a quarterback to operate in this offense. So I agree with your assessment. Doesn't guarantee that he's going to be the starter um, whenever the post-Ryan Tannehill era begins. But it does mean that they have additional time to workshop a high upside player at that position and potentially have an answer for the future. It's a better solution than drafting Luke Falcon. I think Luke Falk was a sixth round pick. Uh, Cole McDonald, I believe was also a sixth, a sixth or a seventh round pick. If memory serves, uh, Cole McDonald didn't even make it through training camp. So it's a, it's, it's a better solution for the future. Um, than any of those guys, which, you know, were just kind of like, okay, you're throwing flyers at that position to see if one of them could potentially be better than Logan Woodside. By the way, I don't expect Malik Willis out of the gate to be better at the quarterback position in the Titans offense than Logan Woodside. But I do expect him to have the backup quarterback role and for Woodside probably to be a practice squad player for this team. Um, so let's talk about whose rookie impact is most critical because Malik's going to dominate this thing this weekend um, through no fault of his own. I just think that this circumstance um, for Malik Willis, it's very little about Malik Willis as far as the on-field product in 2022 is concerned. The question that I'd like to ask you guys is this, which rookie's development is most important for the Titans' immediate success? Give me your answer on Facebook, YouTube, on Twitter, and on Twitch. We'll talk about it together right after I tell you about our friends at the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. GaryAshton.com is where you go for your dream address. Without the stress, the Ashton team is the best in the business and will make sure that you have the intel edge you need to succeed. GaryAshton.com is the official real estate agent of the Tennessee Titans, of the Nashville Predators, and of me. So work with the best. That's the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage at GaryAshton.com. So you know that there's nine drafted rookies and a whole bunch of undrafted guys who do you think's immediate development is most critical for the Titans' success um for whiskey is it whiskey malone he says roger 
McCreary, um, you know, I that's an interesting one, right? Because you don't know what Caleb Farley is going to be in 2022. I don't know what Caleb Farley is going to be in 22. I don't necessarily know that they know. Now, I know what they want Caleb Farley to be and what they're going to try and coach him to be, the starting outside corner opposite Christian Fulton. But I don't think that guarantees by any stretch of the imagination um, that that Caleb Farley is, you know, set in stone a starter. I think that there's a lot to be proven on that front. MB says Chig definitely in the tight end role. I think that, you know, Austin Hooper helps that to where he does not necessarily have to be that, but it would certainly be beneficial if they had two legitimate threats from the, uh, from the tight end position Uh, for Gator hater. It's Burks. Mark Jones agrees. Omar says Kyle Phillips. So uh, wide receivers are being cited as the most uh, often answer. Ryan Elaine says Burks is the only answer. And I will tell you um, that you're wrong. Burks is not the only answer. Burks is the easiest answer. And I'm not, I'm not trying to dismiss your opinion there, Ryan, but it's the easiest answer, right? No AJ Brown, a whole different, I mean, three, your whole new wide receiver core, basically outside of Nick Westbrook, Akina is going to be new players. Your starting lineup is going to be new players at both, well, technically all three wide receiver positions, depending on where they line up Nick Westbrook-Akina and how long he stays in the starting lineup, but a new tight end, a new left guard, a new right tackle, at least five new starters on the football field. Uh, Five of the 11 potential starters are going to be new to this particular football team, but the only answer is not Traylon Burks. In fact, I think the better answer is Nicholas Petit-Frere. I think Petit-Frere needs to start Right away, I think his development is critical because the wide receivers are great, but if you can't protect the quarterback to get the ball to the wide receivers, buddy, you're straight up banged. How do you measure yourself uh, as a pass protector versus a run blocker at this stage? I think I'm good in both areas, but I'm willing to be coached. I'm ready to coach. That's what I told all the coaches um, whenever I was at the Combine, what I told Tennessee when I visited. I said, hey, I think I'm a great player. I think I have a lot of tangibles that make me a good guy. But I said I'm coachable, and I said that there's more things that I can learn about playing offensive line play. Like, I'm not done yet. I'm not someone that thinks that just because I hit a certain point in my life and my career that I can't be coached, that I can't be taught new things. And I'm so excited for me to work with Coach Carter and learn some new techniques, learn new things, and become a better offensive lineman overall. Whether it's run blocking or pass blocking, I feel like I'm good in both areas, but there's way there's way more ways for me to improve. He's got, he's got to crack, he's got to crack a, a, a starting job at some point this season. And, and, you know, he's, he's capable, right? The, the beauty of Nicholas Petit Frere, the Ohio state tackle that they drafted with the first of their third round picks, it was Petit Frere in the third and then Malik Willis later on in the show or, or later on in the draft, rather uh, Petit Frere has played both right and left tackle. Ohio state was comfortable moving him from right to left tackle and left to right tackle in the same game. So he's clearly capable of picking up more than one position and playing at a high level. There's some technique stuff that needs to be workshopped there, but he's definitely more of a, he's closer to a starting level product than for example, even Dylan Raiden's heading into year two, I believe to be. Now we'll see how a lot of that bears itself out in the coming weeks as we work our way through the off season. Um, People are asking, is he a left guard or a right tackle? He's a tackle, uh, first and foremost. The, he's, he's a tackle. So if he cracks the starting rotation, it will be at right tackle before it's at left guard. I don't, I don't think he's um, – it's not that he couldn't play it. I just don't think that he should be playing at 
tackle. And I don't think that's where they're, or excuse me, I don't think he should be playing at guard. And I don't think that's where they're looking to play him either. If injuries come about, then you have to throw some parts and pieces together. Nobody knows that better than Titans fans after the last season. But uh, Petit Frere getting into this and getting early reps and being a big part of what they're trying to do, whether it's Jamarco Jones at left guard or Dylan Radens, or they bring in a veteran once uh, some names start to become available in the post-draft free agency or, or as roster cuts, get ready to come down and some interesting, uh, interesting options are presented to the Tennessee Titans. I think that uh, I think Petit Frere makes the most sense as the guy who you need right away or as close to right away as humanly possible because without that protection, man, um, uh, tough scene. Bryce Erickson brings up Nate Davis needs to improve too. I don't know what happened to la- him last year, but he declined for sure. Bryce, I think you're, I, I think your initial, I think the early part of the season, the first half of the season, that's accurate because uh, he started out, he came right off, I think he came off the COVID list just like right before the week one game against the Cardinals. So no idea how much that impacted him. He dealt with concussions early on in the season too. But if you watch basically the final, the, the final quarter of the Titans 2021 season, he was a much better player than he was at the start of the year. And I think, I think injuries, I think COVID, I think concussion stuff, that's a very, uh, that's that, all very real reasons for him to have struggled in the early going. But if you go put on the tape of him as the season wore on, you see a, a much closer version of Nate Davis than you are, uh, than you are used or than you are, uh, a, 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 a version of Nate Davis that you're more accustomed to seeing. Um, all right, let's put, let's, uh, wrap this up with our end of show topic and talk about the most obnoxious owner in the NFL. Let me know who your submission would be. Who is the NFL's most obnoxious owner? Let me know in the comment section on Facebook, YouTube, on Twitter, and on Twitch. We will discuss at length together right after I tell you about Buddy Allen Carpet One and their sixth annual Tunnel to Towers golf tournament that I'm going to be doing my radio show at tomorrow, Pine Creek Golf Course. So I, I'm, not, I'm not sure if you're, there's still uh, the ability for you to play in that golf tournament, but Buddy Allen Carpet One is going to be a part of the Tunnel to Towers Foundation and continuing to raise money for a great cause. It uh, supports the armed services and our emergency responders uh, it's predicated off Stephen Siller, who was a firefighter who lost his life in 9-11 and the impact of that financials being raised for he and his family in his memory. That's exactly what the Tunnel to Towers Foundation does. And Buddy Allen Carpet One is a big part of it. I'm looking forward to being uh, involved with it on uh, at the golf course tomorrow. BuddyAllenCarpetOne.com is where you go for your full service flooring needs. Who is the most obnoxious NFL owner for... Bryce Erickson, it's Dan Snyder. For Omar, it's uh, Jerry Jones. For Weston, it's Shad Khan with the Jacksonville Jaguars. For uh, Jimbo, it's who else but Jerry Jones. Jera is often going to be nominated. But I-, I think the correct answer is Jerry, but I think that Jim Ursay is laugh out loud funny. Myra is giving me some special mojo for this journey. Surrounding me with the special spirits of sound.
Peace. It's just tremendous. Jim Irsay, I don't think he's the most obnoxious owner in the NFL, but Jim Irsay's social media habits are laugh out loud funny. Radio show is going to be a lot of fun tomorrow. Mike Giardi of the NFL Network and uh, Vols defensive coordinator Tim Banks, 10 to 1 on 104.5 The Zone. I've got to jump over and do News Channel 5 Sportsline with John Burton. So tune in there and I'll see you tomorrow night on A to Z Sports Prime Time.